fascist forever and it never works uh like i'm wearing a rhodesian jacket right now so i'm like i keep trying my best to to get sprinkle that in there but but that's the thing it's like the kind of people who you want to call you a crypto fascist don't even know what rhodesia is like have not read more than the wikipedia article for sure yeah which i barely knew it i just knew it from uh a friend who likes riffing on that. I thought they were South African. I didn't realize they were British, but that, then that's it also it gets so much funnier. Yeah. And then Cecil Rhodes, like the funniest thing is, uh, Oh, and hello, Matt. How are you? Yeah, yes, sir. This is Matt. This is our representative from the academic fraud collective organization. Ah, interesting. Howdy. How's it going? And, um, yeah. How's your day, Matt? Is your oh, is your bad. gal in the room? What's up to Matt's Not in girlfriend? The room. She's uh taking a pizza out of the oven. I see. Is my is my Del- mic good? It uh it's showing me on my monitor Ye- that it's like I'm barely registering. It's a little quiet. I don't know if you can boost any and I'm getting a bit of echo. If you could drop and then come back in with echo yeah, cancellation. In there. But um <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So then Cecil Rhodes made the Rhodes Scholarship is named after him. And now people are still proud of like being a Rhodes Scholar, but that has like heritage in Rhodesia because that was like the arrogance of this man to like name this British colony after himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Insane. But like within the next year, it'll be like a campaign to change it from like the Rhodes Scholarship to anything else. It'll be called like the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't want to say what I think it'll be called, but it will be changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think I get what you're saying there. Yeah. But it is, yeah. And it's like, be, you be an athlete and you go to Oxford. So it's like the Harry Potter dream being that well, if we didn't have enough reasons to cancel Harry Potter, that it's just like, it's basically a commercial for Oxford because yeah. she was like obsessed with Oxford, which I think Oxford's pretty cool too. Like all them yeah. buildings and shit. Have you been, uh, have you been out that way? Yeah, I I haven't been in years, but you know, I think, I do think that the UK is awful, like uniquely awful. But similar to how I think that, like, most of Canada is awful, you know what I mean? To where it's just, like, not much, like, I don't know. I spent most of my time when I was in, like, the UK, like, away from London to where it's just, like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, I remember being in Glasgow and being, like, made aware of the knife crime problem pretty much within, like, the first three hours of being there. And I was, like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Like, it's kind of like that yeah. idea of like, you know, this suburban guy from Texas who's like, oh, I'm scared to go to New York because I don't want to get shot and mugged. But like in real <laughs> life, like it actually is like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scotland is so crazy because I knew like nothing about Scotland until I started talking to uh, Mr. Beanbone on here, uh, a.k.a. Care, who I think he runs a big Facebook group called Lads Banter or something like that, or that's just a joke he has. But he's a very, very interesting fella. And like, because my perspective was like, Ireland's doing all the crazy shit. And then Scotland's just been polite because they were all yeah. like barbarians wearing dresses back. They got it all out of their system. And now they're just like, <laughs> oh, Matt dropped again. But uh, <laughs> it was too much Scottish slander. Yeah, exactly. Newfoundlander, those, uh, those UK mutts out there in Newfoundland. But so did you find Glasgow to be dangerous? I mean, lived up not, to the not firsthand, not firsthand. Like it was like we were at a rave where some dude got stabbed and I was like, oh, OK. But I suppose I'm like also like I understand that that's just like a thing. You know what I mean? It's not like the end of the world or overtly terrifying. It's more just like comedic value of being like, oh, wow, it's actually real. <laughs> got poked, didn't it? But yeah, well, I I talk to London people who are like in school and things. And I always ask them about those raves because, and they're like, no, those are like the grime raves or whatever. They go, they dance around like saying something that would be on PC. So they're like, no, we go to the safe raves. Um, but it's good to know that there are shivings and stabbings. Cause it did seem yeah. to me like the UK was like dangerous for that. Oh Yeah. And I'll have it but on the you... record that I went to a safe rave and it was still <laughs> still got someone got uh, wetted, as they say, <laughs> been, been watching the uh, drill drill video compilation. So it's getting fascinated again with that new the new ultra violent music culture. You know what? If I was if I was like twenty, I would fucking love it. I would love it. I, I'm so seduced by like group violence child like like mob violence but as a grown man i'm just like oh my god i'm so threatened by this and that's how i know that i'm aging out finally Mm -hmm. yeah yeah to the point where it's stressful um (laughs) and that's like um well because i was just in new york and it stopped in albany and i guess it's like common knowledge but albany is like most dangerous dangerous place like way more dangerous than new york nowadays yeah, but it feels scary when you go. It feels like a Batman comic or something. <laughs> I, I haven't been to Albany actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. I don't know what. Well, actually, I don't know what would bring me to Albany. But yeah, I remember somebody else was like saying something very similar, especially like with like the Batman sort of like Arkham Asylum sort of shit. Was just like wow, like the like amount of insane people in Albany is just out of control. And I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. When it's the built the architecture is just like old brutalism, like that kind of which Edmonton, the downtown was the same. And it was yeah. would get a little a little rough there back in the day. But yeah, the bus driver was like, we have a one hour stop in Albany, but it was the middle of the night and he was like, nothing is open. Stay in your seat. You do not want to go outside like something bad will happen to you. And <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but he seemed like he had been driving the bus for a long time. So I, 
Yeah. I took his word for it. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, we can just dive in. I think uh Matt's still Oh yeah, yeah. Technical issues. He'll hop in probably. Yeah. yeah. Same with Gordo as well. But uh <clears throat> yeah, pleasure to have you, Mr. Fraud. Um, and, um, a pleasure, a pleasure to be here. You're a wonderful podcast, and I'm very, very looking forward to having <laughs> a conversation to adding to your legacy. Thank you, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, very happy to. I know you've had many illustrious appearances on, um, for instance, Western Promises. You've done a few times, and yeah. uh, great stories there. Pretty much with Western Promises, like they're the only people that I'm willing to work with because they let me say all of the slurs all at once, and like that's that's pretty much what I'm looking for. I'm not going to burden you with that. Like I've kind of grown up, you know. I sat my white ass down and I've listened, so I'm much calmer these days. But I would like to give a shout out to the beautiful boys at Western Promises for allowing me to act a fool on their platform more than once. Absolutely, oh, we um, love them. Whatever, whatever you gotta do. Well, and uh, but you've you've gone on a eight plates podcast as well. That guy doesn't like me. I'm not sure why. Maybe I don't. I don't say enough of the s words for his preferences. But respect to him. Uh, I mean, interesting fella. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like a lot of a lot of people who do this kind of it's just like very quickly you just like take offense to anybody else who's doing the something similar to you it doesn't oh, matter absolutely. it's just like everybody is your enemy mm-hmm. and i think i do think that that's incredibly like funny because you're not the first person to say that especially about about 90 percent of the people who would live in our ecosystem right where it's just like oh this person who i've never talked to hates me for no reason and you're like oh well i can tell you why because you've got a rival podcast yeah, yeah, that could be but he didn't he didn't like me way before the podcast, which was he actually I think he started following me cuz I shouted out your Nick Land book and oh, he yeah. thought I was like a a lol cow for his entertainment. He was like, "Oh, I see you're an actual crazy person." And then was like disappointed <laughs> that I wasn't. I don't know, I didn't meet enough level of like pooping my pants and being autistic for him. It wasn't entertaining, but I think he lifts the weights. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone's someone's laughing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Someone's <laughs> laughing at us, guaranteed. <laughs> you know you know with him, I I think I gave him the worst podcast appearance of my life where I was I was out of town on I was out of town on work and I was on listening to, uh, on my AirPods, just like going for a walk and all you could hear was like fucking wind and everything like that. It's like probably like the funniest thing I could ever imagine of being like a guest on anything and it's completely inaudible just like trucks honking and shit <laughs> it's like yeah that's why i try yeah. not to do these podcasts because i feel like no matter what i do i fuck it up and make everybody else really disappointed in this uh this conversation so i'm glad to give you a hundred percent focus here tonight oh, oh no yeah. it's fine yeah see matt matt you have the cool telephone voice this time but it was generally our first few episodes the guests would be so nervous about sounding right. And then I would accidentally connect my <laughs> wrong microphone and just sound or like Gordo I was, would be like on yeah, a bus drop. drop <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes our files get corrupted. So I just have to put out the rough one, but that's like, that's what makes us special is the organic. Nature but, but that's of the how cast. it should be. 
I, I genuinely mm-hmm. like that way more than like the pristine high quality, like everybody's recorded on like beautiful sure mics and shit. Like I want, yeah. I want to hear one person completely underwater. Yeah. Another dude <laughs> yeah. on a bus. Like, I think that's With, the like, funniest weird. shit. It's good. It's your ears need changes in texture, you know? A hundred percent. Like it's, it's sonically dynamic and that's what I like. Yeah. Someone sounds like they're in the hull of a ship, and it's just like creaking, <laughs> animal screams, heavy breathing. But yeah, Matt, uh, you're on you're on location today. Do you want to describe uh, what you're up to? Are you in the city or? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm in the big city here. I'm uh, <laughs> at my girlfriend's apartment. I'm sitting on her mattress with my phone on my laptop, uh, charging because right now it's on seventeen percent. Um, mm. I'm, you know, well prepared for this. I'm speaking to you through uh, her headphones that she had in her uh, underwear drawer stuffed in the back. So. The bohemian, bohemian vibe. Absolutely. Is there a bed frame? Is there a bed frame? Hell yeah. (laughs) There's not a bed frame in the question. I apologize. Mm -hmm. No She's worries. looking at me with a bit of a with a bit of an evil look right now because I'm owing her. I think <laughs> you got booted <laughs> just, because of the bed frame joke. <laughs> uh, That's all it took. I was, was going to ask the name, but uh, we'll shout her out. Um, oh. in the, yeah, so, you're out in the wilderness. Yeah, I'm, I'm back Correct. in the I'm yeah. back in the country. I'm back in the, back in the country for the foreseeable future. But right. uh, you know. Like taking the Ted K pill is funny because you forget that like it's like inevitable that you can't like really disconnect. Like it doesn't matter. Like living in the country, like the only difference is now it's like difficult to go get coffee in the morning. You know what I mean? Right. Like otherwise, I mean, we're too. There's no disconnect. I'm still on fucking Instagram 24 hours a day here. So yeah, well, I feel like and that would push it even more that um. Because oh, like, fucking absolutely, from a big city to just like, and you cover that in the book, uh, the lifestyle zoo. That's right. That's the name, right? Yes, sir. Yes, lifestyle sir. Circuit. Hell yeah, yeah. Because I blasted through it uh, and really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, but, like I, uh, I you, made that one to be as easy as possible. So referring to your blasting through it, dear listener, yes, it's easy to blast through. It's easy <laughs> to read. It's very normal, and you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone everyone listening should hop on amazon and uh cop the book because yeah i did i became aware of you when it was the fang numina uh poetry ai rewrite yeah yeah and i was i was very impressed by the quality because i was already like i had read bronze age pervert and the uh, delicious tacos and I was aware of this, that fella, Paul Town. It was all like very quote unquote right wing uh, stuff, which, well, Delicious Tacos is just like a Bukowski riff, I would say. I wouldn't really ideologize him, but I would say like Bronze Age Pervert would be very disappointed if I didn't ideologize him. Oh, yeah. Seems what he wants from it. But like that is. I dropped there for a second. Speaking of uh, how how technically high quality we're doing, mm. <laughs> I'm using the neighbor's internet right now. You're using which? <laughs> the neighbor's internet right now. So oh it's, uh, hell yeah! It drops every now. <laughs> you're, you're standing sorry. by the shed. I, yeah, no, I I was definitely excited for this interview though. I'm I'm sorry, this feels disrespectful. 
Um, no, I, I think it's very, like, this is just... exactly what I want. This is like the per- most perfect <laughs> shit I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, huge, huge respect. Sorry, I haven't been able to chime in through much of it. Uh, I don't want to well, derail yeah. where you were going. Oh, no, 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 no worries. Um, and yeah, I feel bad. What's your girlfriend's name, Matt? I should oh know. God, I know she's an avid that? listener. You can't remember? <laughs> she is an avid listener. She listens to like. <laughs> she'll listen we, to the episodes can, back and be like oh that was good and I'm like oh my god I don't even listen to this back <laughs> <laughs> well a, a shout out shout out to her we'll keep her anonymous just in case you know the, the yeah, federal like, agents come absolutely absolutely this is my safe Respect. house <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and um, so yeah your group has been publishing stuff sourced by and yeah what I there is a really different tone, as you said. This is like, this is your pop album. This is your dark side of the moon, and that it's like, oh yeah, very readable. Which is like, what I would say about, and uh, we'll just talk about because you're riffing on it with the cover, like Bronze Age Pervert. Um, I know like those other podcasts with uh, Russian women on them have already like done the edgy, like oh you know it's actually good, but like it's. It's juvenile, but it's worth a read. It's funny to read Bronze Age mindset because it like it's so lazy and weird. Like sometimes he starts talking in a fake Russian accent in between his like watered down Nietzsche things and the monkey jacking off. Like like it it holds up better than a lot of like verso books, which I also like. Like well, I like like the Byung Chul Hun versos or whatever, but yeah. Not to make this too containy. What's your yeah? How would could you talk about like when the academic fraud, how that kernel like got started? Was it informed by like the Mike Maws and all these different like Twitter publishers? I mean, it's 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 a yes, but and a no, and sort of thing, right? Because like those guys are very like their books only sell because of the identity that they espouse. You know what I mean? Like, so they, it doesn't matter what they write. Like, I mean, with the exception of like delicious tacos, because I think that he's actually like a very good writer. And I do think that Mm -hmm. both the pussy and uh, finally some good news are both actually really good. Like, I think for the most part, like Mike Ma in particular, it's just like, he's more popular as like, a face than anything. Like mm-hmm. I would say that 90% of people who buy his books don't fucking read them. And like, right. I kind of got into that idea of just being like an internet identity that publishes books that people buy, but then don't read. It's just like, they just want to pose yeah. with them. And I think that that's yeah. like the funniest thing. Cause it's like, I've seen it. It's like people will clamor about certain books. And I'm just like, yeah, like I know that you didn't even open the PDF at this point. Like <laughs> one of the books, one of the books, um, the crypto Catboy corp books, it's just like, right. it is a hundred percent unreadable. It's like, it's, it's designed to be like really, really broken CCRU, like hypertext, like right click view source. Yeah, nonsense. Yeah. And like <laughs> for all of it's, for all of it's like, thinly veiled poetry it's designed to be like an unreadable retarded not like a joke of accelerationism but but the thing that i realized with that it's just like people take it at face value so they're like they don't understand like 
the nuance of jokes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're like, wow, this is great. Like, this is really, really smart and evocative. And I'm like, nah, you know, I just hate to be the one to tell you this, but I'm kind of making a joke of like thinking of that, you know, like I, yeah. I, I genuinely like things like poetry. Like, I think that poetry is really mm-hmm. good. So I think that like purposefully making bad poetry is like a really interesting exercise and just proving that like nobody genuinely reads like the past, like, like the past, like two, no, the the last two books are at least more reined in and a bit more normal, like targeted individual, which is still like fucking very David Markson make up your own, like choose your own adventure sort of shit but like still mm-hmm. reads somewhat like a linear sort of novel. Whereas the yeah. lifestyle zoo is just me talking about being retarded on the internet and how stupid being on Instagram has made me. And I feel like most people it, can hopefully identify with that. Oh, totally. And what I really like about it is it, it, um, I had an aborted project prior to meet, quote unquote meeting you um of the same like right when the pandemic started i started like i'm like i gotta document what is happening right now because no one's talking about the pandemic but it's also i think everybody turned into like an internet anthropologist in 2020 yeah 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 we were all like but you're the first one to like actually burp it out and it's there and it's a good read yeah i'm like shit like Fraud hit it out of the park on this one. I haven't read anything. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't <laughs> be reading a whole lot. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I've yeah. definitely been impressed. Matt's, Honestly, uh, like, Matt's I feel like it would be a burden if I came into this interview and was just like, "Okay, guys, what's on page 39?" <laughs> like, I couldn't fucking imagine. Like, you know, like but, with especially with books yeah. like this, because like, yeah, it's very pandemic-y where it's just like being like, yeah, the pandemic turned me into a fucking pussy and I hated it. <laughs> and like, and then it's just like, yeah, like right now, for example, like because you brought up like Bronze Age pervert and shit. It's just like when people kind of position me as being like a right wing person online, it's like now it's just like beyond like cringe, like anybody who's posturing as like a right winger on Instagram is fucking absolutely gay. So if you're, if you're a fraud <laughs> guy and you're listening, you're yeah. gay. Like I think yeah. it's just what's, beyond humiliating at this point. Yeah. What's well, things like the perfume nationalist or whatever that it's like, Oh, I'm so edgy and base. And then he like gets drunk and goes on Twitter. So all police officers are good. They're so good yeah. forever. It's like, Oh, what a badass take. It's so strange, dude. Like, I remember at some point, like, in terms of being brainwashed from the internet, I remember, like, walking down the street and seeing a police officer and, like, tipping my hat to him. (laughs) And then I, like, walked a block and I was just like, what in the fuck did I do that for? And I was just, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, I got to get off Twitter, man. Like, there's something bad happening to me. Tipping my hat yeah. at a fucking cop who's directing traffic. It's just like, oh, bro, like, that's not <laughs> what I think. Yeah. And then, like, so what do you think about eel bucks? Because I think they're real because the numbers don't add up with um, some people we've discussed um, and some other podcasts where it's like you look at their leveled followers, uh, their Patreons are private, but they're saying that they're like, making money off it. And I'm 
we're full disclosure on the betaverse. We make no one, no one pays us. So it's no. like, it would be great. Like, I mean, if yeah, y'all, yeah. If y'all want to yeah. go yeah. ahead, man, but like, you, no one has stepped up to that mm, plate yet. So I'm like, these other guys, you know, you can look at some other podcasts that I won't name that, but are like theory podcasts. You like talk to people who are, you know, breaking up the swamp. And it's like, this feels like you're pushing stuff. And you're, you've tricked Peter Thiel, who's done other things, like with Trevor Brazil and stuff like that. Like, it wouldn't surprise me that some guy who may or may not live in Texas had conned him to pay him, like, 10 grand a month. But... Oh, my God. I, and I want that. I definitely do. Like, but... I want that so bad. Do you bad. think it's real? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like, I mean, like, shadowy with... with figures? No, I have. So that's, like, a different story. Like... The thing for me, it's just like most people who have come to me with like decent sums of money, it's just like what they want me to AstroTurf is so counterpoint and so it would feel so forced to where like I was just like, there's no way, there's no way we could make it work. And like, Mm -hmm. like what? Like, very, very, yeah, like very, very like stupid, small nuance. Like, don't you love? politician x and it's just like there's no chance that that's gonna seem <laughs> real yeah to be like yeah. yo check out this fucking you know what's his fucking name like check out this peter Buttigieg uh, fetterman, fetterman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah check yeah, out the, yeah. like check out this i love him i think he's based in red pilled like nobody will yeah. believe me it seems <laughs> fake so like i want fetterman to be president just because he's a giant man and he's like ultra ultra zionist but he's it like, always he's goes like to the Goliath. tallest guy, doesn't he's it? Zionist Goliath, yeah. Like the tallest guy who runs always wins. <laughs> but he had a stroke. In the case. Yeah, but yeah. he's still fucking tall. So yeah, it's that's like true. mentally compromised, <laughs> compromised big man, like perfect, perfect prod- product as far as politician in this climate goes. But, I mean, he stands a good yeah. chance within the next decade for sure, because like he's like absolutely disgusting to look at and like to hear speak. <laughs> oh, so I, I think like, are uh, we ever gonna have a boring president again? Do you think? I pray every day. No, well, uh, we. It's what am I saying? Show. Fucking Canadians <laughs> up here. But, well, know, we're just a vassal president too. We're a vassal you know, we, state. Yeah, we pledge allegiance to the United States of America and its flag. Yeah, yeah. You know, way up here. But do you think we'll have like a normal president again who isn't like fucking some goofy asshole? Who isn't I, Joe know Brandon? You know what sucks not. is like because the way that everything works now, it's just like everybody's gonna suck dick for the rest of time. Like every single fucking person is going to be like the most retarded social media dipshit. And that's how people are gonna win. Like, you know, I think of like even a dude like fucking like Fetterman, right? It's just like mm-hmm. his organic reach is more just being like, yeah, check out my hot wife on Instagram. And like, that's more or less it. Because like on paper, isn't he like just like a rich daddy's boy who's like dad bought him like a sock factory or some shit. And then he became a mayor of a small <laughs> town. Like, it's just like, it's not like a good political story. It's not like a romantic political story. But like, he's like no. a perfect candidate to just keep succeeding in the current climate. Yeah. And then, like, um, the other thing, too, is much like I was talking a bit, I forget if it was recording or not, but about, like, the where rap music is now. It's, like, ultra-violent, all this, like, drill artists. Uh-oh. And they disappear <laughs> every six months. 
because they die or go to jail. Um, but there is some very good drill music. And uh, I know that some, I'm not going to like try and steal. Uh, there's some very successful people to, that just talk about drill all day. But what I was going to say is like the parties, both Republican and Democrats, they cycle through their politicians so fast now. Like I don't even, I, I, I didn't know who George Santos was and I'm just seeing all the bad stuff about him already that he's like a kleptomaniac. I think he's a Republican, but it's like Beto like or serial liar or something. I don't know. He looks good yeah. as fuck though. I saw a video of him like walking around Congress or whatever, and he looks like an infant. Yeah, What's he's got like bit? a Mister M- Potato Head thing going on with him. I don't like. He looks. He looks whimsical though. I want him to stay around just because I. I don't know. I like seeing him on camera. You know, I think he's got a good camera face. Yeah, can you explain for the folks at home, Matt? Like, what is what his deal is? Like, how really, do you know, know how he rose? Well, um, I don't. I think he just lied on every fucking application he ever did for anything, and he said that like his grandparents died in the Holocaust when they didn't, and he said his mom died on nine eleven and she didn't. <laughs> And, and he like, also said that alive. his mom died of cancer. He said that his mom died of cancer <laughs> on like Christmas Eve. And he said that his yeah, mom died right. on September 11th, like, which is so he was, sick. Yeah. He was that kid at school in like fucking elementary yeah. school. And he My still dad knows karate like that, and has nunchucks. Yeah. <laughs> and he can kick your ass. And he has Lamborghini. He's coming to school on Friday. He's going to beat you up. Yeah. What if he's but, like. 13 years old and he's lying about that too <laughs> he looks like he could that's be 13 what... years old he's got lots of buccal fat or whatever that's called like <laughs> yeah yeah and buccal fat's like a new thing there someone won't say they because they's such a polarized word now but it's being <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking <laughs> about these pronouns <laughs> <laughs> buccal fat why do we keep hearing they, about them won't fat? stop talking about this surgery <laughs> what do you mean they them what do you what are you implying <laughs> I'm speed. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, mm. now I see. I'm trying to show off for the the, fraud, the fraudulent community, but yeah, this is the so, this how yeah, it starts so, always. This is yeah. It's the new like the advertising. They realize like we'll just wait for the other side to like push the smear campaigns, and then our guys will just like be like, "What? They don't like him? Then I'm for him." So that's like. <laughs> Like Fetterman, that's just like he's stroked out. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't talk. Um, he's super pro Israel, but that that certainly doesn't hurt to be that. Um, and then like AOC has been completely neutralized or whatnot. And the whole what did they used to call them? The crew or whatever the the squad. The, the squad, yeah, yeah. Which I like. Uh, well, who's the one, one person, she's very bold and like continues to be Muslim and <laughs> pro Palestine and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and they don't mess with her that much. No, but, well, because any, everybody like, remembers Frazzle Drip. Everyone, right. everyone, everyone just talks about AOC. Mm. Why don't I like they the fact that they both have name. beautiful Why white husbands? <laughs> ginger albino albino ginger husbands. Are they both but, albino gingers? I mean, like, the best of my gingers? That's calling redheads that albinos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll get, I'll get in trouble for being. Is anti- albino I'm like a racially charged no. term? Is albino bad? I don't think. We'll find out. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we'll find out. <laughs> we're, 
respect respect to them. <laughs> this is it. It's too yeah, Googling is albino a slur. <laughs> we're going into well it's like in certain countries you get accused of witchcraft if you're albino so you don't it's dangerous um and you can get refugee status for being a, re- a redhead in that sense well no no that's in but now i'm conflating albino and redhead they're, they're different but we're all human beings and uh biologically there's no difference so it's okay that's so true but I'm uh I'm on the wrong golf course now. Let's hit it back to safer. safer I think it would be cool if people campaign to be like Albinex. I think that should be a thing that people should care about next. So <laughs> let's let's go ahead and push that. If you if you're a member of Fraud Nation, reclaim something for the albinos of your uh, future and past by albinexing them. I guess. Mm-hmm. And the good news is I've, I'm on albinism.com, and it says that I'll be, uh, calling someone albino is uh, disrespectful and derogatory. Okay. What's the preferred it, term then? Like melanin a, deficient? Because that's already <laughs> Dr. Umar's already. Oh, using actually, that, so I so think. sorry. I, I'll tell you actually because it's actually even funnier than I could have imagined. So instead mm. of saying an albino or calling somebody albino, you say a person with alban albinism. <laughs> so that's it. Albinism. So like so that, not, that makes me not, think of Steve Albini. It is. Uh, it's, not a, like a, it's not like a genetic thing, isn't it? Like he's trying to revamp like his a, image. Everyone has a like one percent chance to be like an Albinuric or something. Albinor. Oh, now it's Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they they say so, the Albinorics have no soul in Elden Ring too. Oh which my is god! Back to the South Park. What's well, like I've knew. seen. I watched an eight-hour video about how the albinorics are the homunculi from the Zohar. So it's uh, getting back to that. Because that's like, yeah, I've been on a big self-publishing kick where those are the books I buy now. Because partially, so and and to the kids, yeah, the folks at home, the kids at home, buy the academic fraud books because you never know. They might go out of print and then they get very valuable. Like, the best example of this is uh, Lindy Man put out a book, which was like probably the laziest self-published book of all time. Like it's just his tweets. And then like not only like no punctuation, but like flagrant spelling errors throughout. And he was selling this chapbook for like 10 bucks on Amazon, like self-print or whatever. Um but then he, he got embarrassed because everyone was making fun of him. He took it off. And now copies of that go for like over $100. <laughs> and that's like the same. Same with like how to bomb the U.S. government. What if, if that was that, his plan the whole like time? Yeah, yeah. He just pretended That might be how he's so rich. Yeah. That's actually not a claims, bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scarcity. I want to cut. Yeah. If you use that idea, I want to cut. And any followers, <laughs> if you... Any of our, yeah, any of our flaws. Idea. Is it your idea? But, oh, I thought I just made well, that up. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. No, you can have it. You can <laughs> you can have it. I'm an ideas man, so I just hand them out like Pokemon <laughs> cards. But yeah, what do you think of Lindy Man, Mr. Fraud? I'm a fan. He banned me so he blocked me so long ago. <laughs> so long oh, ago. No. I who is who okay, can you explain to the audience, not to me of course. Yeah, yeah. What and who Lindy Man is. Of course, yeah. So And what Lindy means. <laughs> yeah, I can actually do so 
Lindy Mann is this guy who I found him on Twitter when I didn't really know who anyone was. And he, I was just like, oh, this guy's like 60 years old, the way he talks. Like, he's just always, he's very much like saying all this. It's It just sounds like, you know, on Facebook, you have some uncle who's like saying things. But his sense of humor is like pretty funny. Like, I can bring up like best of Lindy Man or something. But he, Paul Scalis is his name. And like. I remain a Contbot fan too, which a lot of people hate Contbot, but I think Contbot's really good at making fun of that whole right wing scene because he was part of it. But he just, it's so addictive to him to like burn every bridge he's ever had. So he just starts making fun of them better than the left or BreadTube ever could. Um, and so Paul Scalis was an early, they butted heads immediately because this guy, he has all these concepts and he got like a New York times article, but he just tweets like basically along the lines of like men used to wear suits and that was Lindy and, uh, women, uh, you know, that, uh, they show a bit of ankle and that was fine. So <clears throat> he's, he's big on aesthetics, but he's like lazy, but he's also like has a pretty good sense of humor. And then you see pictures of him and he just like looks like a nerdy guy. I guess he's a finance lawyer or something like that. And his wife divorced him and then he just started posting. Um, but became like the one of the like frog Twitter heroes, like one of these like but he doesn't come across as right the same way as Compot does. Doesn't quite. But Compot's just so autistic you don't really know what he's talking. It's just gibberish. But he can pronounce German words too well to not to not think he's up to something suspicious. But yeah, Lindy Man's just this like he's a he's a sentient lol cow in the sense that like he knows what he's doing and claims to make a mo- lot of money off Twitter um, and like brags about like sleeping with women all over the world. I think none of it's true. I hope, <laughs> but. I don't know, Frog, can you add anything to the Lindy Man assessment? Or I guess you've been no, out of the no, loop for a second. No, no, no. I mean, Paul Scalis is 1,000% a gay man. Because, like, any dude who's, like, desperate to, like, impress 14-year-old dudes and be like, yeah, dude, I have sex. I get pussy all of the time. Getting pussy is super Lindy. That means you're a gay guy. That's just first What does it mean to be Lindy? Which... So, being a so gay Lindy, guy is Lindy too, to be fair. Being, yeah, being can... well, that's a thing. So Lindy is what? Like it's supposed to mean like classic or like will like outlive comparable things, some shit like that. But now Lindy is yeah. more or less just whatever Paul Scalis likes. Because again, he'll be like yeah. be like be like taking a walk is Lindy. And it's just like, well, okay, like I guess so. And then like <laughs> I, I don't know, he this. tried yeah, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came up with this fucking thing where he's just like, Yeah, take Lindy walks. And it's just like, well, what's a Lindy walk? Just like a aimless walk. And it's just like, well, okay. So a Lindy walk is a stroll. And if you say that to him, you he will block you immediately. So it's yeah. kind of just he's got a good thing going because I don't think that he makes a lot of money on Twitter, but I'm sure that he gets a lot of like, I don't know, like that stupid. He gets invited to like a lot of parties. I'm sure. I'm sure that's kind of important. If you're like a recently divorced 40 year old, like that seems mm-hmm. pretty good. That seems like a good trade off. It's all about community and connection. And, uh, 
But yeah, what I can add to the Lindy definition, Matt, is uh, so, and this is the fun. So this guy named Nassim Taleb, who I've read, and I think it's fine. Like, if you're going to read any pop science slash, he's a pop statistics guy is what he is. Because he's someone, he made a lot of money on the stock market. Um, He's a Lebanese uh, American stock market analyst who became uh influent like lifestyle influencer but he got famous and i only mentioned that he's lebanese because that's a really important part of his brand like he's really people have accused him of like being a, the dugan of like mediterranean lifestyle and that he just like softly promotes being mediterranean as uh not quite as dugany but so he was the first one to talk about Lindy and he got famous because he wrote this book, the black Swan, nothing to do with the movie, but it probably helped that it was the same name. And it pretty, he talks about like, he basically gets credited as predicting the 2008 downturn. But during that, he started talking about Lindyism, which is, has to do with this restaurant called Lindy's that people used to go to in New York. And I guess it was a very old bakery. And so what Lindy means is like if people have done something for over 300 years, it proves that it's a good it's thing Lindy. because, yeah, you have the evidence. And then so Paul Scalis just like stole it completely and would just for the longest time, he just like comments Lindy on things. And then it goes viral because it's like, oh, Paul said and it's always like unexpected things or like things that the traditional like raw egg drinkers would be like no that's not tradition and then paul will be like well actually so is so it just the previous 300 years or any like social, any any, social any, anything that has construct. gone on for more than 300 years is, yeah is, is good because it lasts yeah. that long mm. and so yeah nasim taleb was the first one to say it was that like if something's been done you should trust it which is fairly it's valid but then you can find those things like you know like leeches or maggots or whatever yeah 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 and uh, <laughs> yeah like, like throwing people in a volcano and, yeah and yeah Ooh, <laughs> but, easy, but, but but yeah <laughs> no that's yeah that's a crazy way to think if you want to go all go all out with it sure but i mean none of these nerds ever want to go all out with any of that you know what no, I mean? no. they're on the fucking internet all day like they don't want to do any of that yeah, and it's fair. I don't really either. Yeah. You know, I don't want to live some 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 traditional way of life. Whatever the fuck that sounds boring. You know. Yeah, I'm addicted to my phone and computer. I don't need yeah, to be doing it, that. It's very unlindy to be a, like a Twitter celebrity too. Yeah, <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the the beauty. We can always find hypocrisy where we want, but I find him to be unintentionally funny and he's he can also be pretty funny too like the the best account to follow is uh forgot i forget forgotten lindy or forbidden yeah, no it's forgot, there's forgotten, forgotten lindy, lindy which is his old tweets but then there's forbidden lindy which are the tweets he deletes 15 minutes <laughs> later because everyone starts making fun of him and that's probably the best one to do but he'll like he now uses because so he knows that people are screenshotting all his tweets no matter what. So he'll just like call people the f bomb and things like that who are just like being very 
like they're like his fans then or like they'll be like oh do you think it's lindy that you're on the internet and then he'll just call them the f slur and then delete the tweet but he knows that it'll get like he probably runs the forbidden lindy account 100 percent, like a hundred thousand percent it's it gets too much credit like i think mm-hmm. the forbidden like forgotten i think the forbidden forgotten lindy are 10 times better than the actual general paul scalis sort of uh mm-hmm. account or whatever Sorry, I could hear myself feedbacking for a second. I got fixated on my own voice. I was like, God okay. damn, I sound like a fucking a little, Yeah, yeah. So I didn't charge my AirPods, apparently. And now I'm scared because it like, now my recording reset, but I think it's fine. Um, That the <laughs> other one will be preserved, but now it says it's starting at 30 seconds again. But In prayer, all things will be all right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep trucking on that because that would be horrible. I don't know. Um, I love the whole like fucking weird like primal primal living thing that's going on now with people. I think that's a very like Liver silly King. Thing. Oh, especially Liver King. I love <laughs> Liver King so much. He's such a fucking goofball, and it's like like he's so obviously lying that like you can't really take it seriously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's this like roided up douchebag with like a fucking backwards baseball hat in this fucking huge mansion, taking private jets to like you know fucking wilderness retreats, and he's like, "What the primals?" I don't know. He's got that if fucking goofy ass list. He's like four it's, feet tall too. <laughs> like it's hilarious. which is the right height for a man. I want that on the record. No man <laughs> needs to be taller than that. But, yeah, like, if people Lindy. don't realize that he's playing a character, then it just goes to show that they're fucking, again, so just I think a lot of people gold. don't, though. I think a lot of people don't have that media literacy at all. And they're just like, wow, this guy's really doing it. That's crazy. He fucking <laughs> like, walks 10 miles uphill every morning. And I don't know if 10 miles is a lot to walk. That's not really a lot. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He has videos of him doing all this, like, insane shit. And he's like, oh, I do this four times a day, and I'm keeping with my tenants. And he used to be, like, a fucking banker or something, too. Yeah. That's the story with well, the this is from, like, some white-collar-ass job. No, this is the new profit, is, like, once you make, like, millions of dollars in the stock market, your, your philosophy matters. Or, like, yeah. people will listen to it where they didn't before. Um is one surefire way to get to become like a Socrates or a dio- more, it is more of a all diogenes. Just like magic gambling, you know what I mean? So anyone who can come up with some way to get around these like weird ass rules, it's like, okay, they must have some secret sauce that I don't. Well, yeah, but it's all like there's various paths to uh, legitimacy or uh, I don't know if authenticity is the word, but like, like same as us, like we're just saying shit on a podcast, but we've we're granted legitimacy because I don't know because we had like I hope a, we're not granted too much. That's a lot of pressure. like not as much as I mean, a, if I, I don't not think, as much as Liver King. Yeah, but no, we have course. a shred of it. But 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 once you do actually get on and like start, I don't know, recording things, you kind of think afterwards, like, oh, everything I just said is like set in stone now and just, like i don't know i was just talking out my ass there for a few minutes and it's like that's just you know that's that's part of a a, a work now that's just out 
Yeah. Yeah. And it is. Um, but it's something I became aware that I'm susceptible to more than I would have liked. Yeah. Because the other is like, like Rivellino is a great example. He's the guy that draws, love the, that so much. draws the lines <laughs> and then like just talks about weird sex acts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you, you follow him and you're like, oh, this guy's a moron. But then you start paying attention to photos and being like, oh, am I leaning in? Is someone oh, leaning yeah. in? Like, and then but like, Rivellino, yeah, I got to say, I got to say Rivellino follows what I think is to be my personal online success tenants where he doesn't post face. He doesn't really go on. He doesn't drone about his personal life. It's just like all of his yeah. shit is just like straight on brand 24 seven. And I think that that's like key to longevity for like any sort of like joke or character account. Like, yeah, dudes like dudes like liver King. It's just like, again, you're like, succeeding at a level to where you have no choice but to like fail due to some problem like somebody accuses you of being like a groomer or somebody's <laughs> like i can't believe that you do steroids and you're like oh well <laughs> i guess so sorry guys but like i think like with the dude like paul scalis like what we were saying i think the funniest shit is whenever he posts selfies because he always just looks like such a like normal fucking cringe like bank of america dipshit Except for the yeah. fact that he's got like nice hair or something, and you're like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, like no. yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. listen to this guy. I'm gonna absolutely take everything this dude says as fucking gospel." Like, yeah, yeah, there's nothing better than seeing someone who posts that kind of shit. Like, you see their face, and you're just like, "Oh, you are like the most modern man." Like, yeah, I've exactly. Never seen anyone? Yeah. like you, you, you look like you're addicted to your phone too. Wait, and he wears you're like, like oh, I don't buy fitted suits. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, what's that? Les Chateau. I don't know if that's Canada only, but just like very tight men's suits, like that you buy at the whatever department store is like Paul Scott. And he probably has pointy shoes. He doesn't show them, but he probably does. 1000% pointy shoes. 1000%. But that's what, and, that's like, a, you know, Paul Scalis is a perfect example of a dude who shops at the mall, period. <laughs> that's it everything everything looks like it doesn't fit him right like if he stands up all of his buttons are gonna burst like it's just <laughs> i do i do i do find it to be like impressive in the sense to where it's just like i think about dudes like him and i'm like how on earth do you cultivate an audience when you're like not really even like talking about anything explicitly interesting like you're not like some of the like other right wing guys where it's just like some of them are like their whole bit is like so one dimensional. Like for him, Paul Scalis being like, This is classic and this will be classic forever. And I'm like, okay. Then you have other guys like, you know, some of the raw egg dudes where it's just like your whole right. bit is just being like, unlock the power of your manhood by drinking eggs. And it's just like I drank eggs for a long time and it, the only thing that happened was like, it made me like really like gassy and really like unbearable <laughs> to be around. Like I did not find I had any increase in mass. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of that shit is just like, so like interesting for two, one to two weeks. And then you get really fucking bored of seeing the same shit over and over again. Right. Because is it fair to say like your book is kind of like, supersize me but for twitter ideologies is that fair oh, yeah. to say or i would agree yeah. i would agree with you a thousand percent because all of what, that shit what can you tell us about the book did y'all did y'all talk about this earlier did i miss the 
No, no, I think we're we're on the right wave segue. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyways, this this book is pretty much just about like how uh, I I psyoped myself by being too online. So all of these like self help things that you would see, such as you know like no fap or like meditation tones and all of these things, like I submitted to all of them to see if anything would make my life better. And is this you the know lifestyle zoo we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah. I really like that cover. Is that from Pompeii? The guy jacking off? Oh, yeah, off? the dude jacking <laughs> off? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's good. I've had yeah, that cover uh, in mind for months and months and months. It's, uh, the Pompeii dude jacking off is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So <laughs> I'm glad. Great, great way to it. go out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. And also that it, it looks like he has horns, just like how it how the sediment stayed or whatever. Like it's fascinating. Yeah. When I was looking it up, there was like a really good article. Like I was looking for a high res image, and it was just like this fat, like fact check. This guy was not killed while jacking off, and I was just like, "This is the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen." Was. Yeah, like, dude, he how, was hammering it. Like, come on, yeah. Like, what else was he doing? Just like contemplating. <laughs> yeah, like Zeus or what? I don't and know like, what Pompeii he, was like, on. Yeah, with Pompeii, it was like you were just incinerated instantly. By like, <laughs> by like, just the pure heat from the volcano. You know what I mean? So like, you know, yeah, he was just he was whacking it and had no yeah. time to react. <laughs> for us, it's very very pertinent for our times. You know, climate related, yeah. uh, earthly related disaster. Yeah, exactly. It, like, I mean, on. if more people thought about dying while beating their shit, they would take climate change <laughs> more seriously. All right, that's true. That's true. This could yeah, be real. Oh my god, I don't want the aliens finding me like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, like Because uh, all the alien, all the described alien abductions are very Freudian in that sense, which could be... They're all sexual, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be oh, the Antarctic aliens, UFOs you know? covering their tracks. So mm-hmm. But then also that it's a Bronze Age pervert riff where he's like the whole like monkey does not jack off in in nature. And it's like, oh, you went out and like supervised this? Like, I've seen so the- many videos of monkeys jacking <laughs> off. Yeah, they do it. His arguments, they do it in captivity. But it's like, if you ask Jane Goodall if they were cranking it, they probably were. Yeah, most definitely. But that's like a great like question, you know, like like if a chimp jacks off in the woods and no one is around to see him, has he jacked <laughs> off at all? You know, mm-hmm. I think that these are the big questions we need to be asking right now. Yeah. Very, very true. This culture where stuff doesn't need to be anything of substance at all, though. You know? No. You just, we just you make just it up. Say whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, you can say you eat fucking raw liver for every meal every day. It doesn't matter. You can just say whatever the fuck you want. And you you can get it if you have, if you know, you're you're poking it in the right political ways. You're going to get a huge following and people are going to, you know, take everything else you say seriously. Like when he goes on the fucking Logan Paul show and gives like general life advice. Well, then, and like, kids yeah, are like, oh, yeah, wow, this guy really got it together. I just need, you know, you have this fucking grind set and eat fucking raw meat. With the, But that's the thing with Liver King, too, is like, it seems to me like it's just a vanity project. Like he's spending all his money to seem cool like a Dan Bilzerian or whatever, or is it manufactured and someone's paying like, I just don't know what the end goal is with liver King. If it, 
because it just feels like a vanity project. Like, it, like he's got to be yeah. being he's got to be on the payroll somewhere to be this character. You know what I mean? Like he came out of nowhere too, so big, like so quickly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like he's got to be like you know again like built in a lab as like an identity and then like you also get marketed as an identity because his meteoric rise to fame doesn't make sense on paper like it's just like it's not that interesting beyond the fact that like he's just because again it's just like he's a buff guy but there's thousands and thousands of super buff guys on instagram you know Mm -hmm. like it's just like Eating raw meat, it's just like it's not that scintillating to most and like, people. Like he doesn't look good, you know. He looks like a little fucking goblin, and he's like he looks like he's permanently plastered. He's so red. <laughs> oh yeah, too much niacin in his diet. Just so <laughs> fucking beet red. Beet red constantly, like wherever he goes. Yeah. And his poor, <laughs> his poor, extremely racist-looking kids. Uh, just a drunk. Drunk Jack Santa Claus with a private jet. <laughs> but then it's like, because now Dan Belzerian's gone and no one talks about him. And, uh, <coughs> well, we're on the Andrew Apocalypse, too, which is the other thing. There's uh, Andrew Tate, which seems <laughs> fake. Like, he always seemed know. fake to me. I don't get why people say that. He seemed, I, I don't see anything fake about him at all. I don't know. That seems like a, just a perfect trajectory. Like, like MMA fighter who just kind of has like nowhere to go. So he's like, ah, fuck it. I'm, you know, I used to be like a has been who's like, I'm going to go to Romania and fucking be a pimp or whatever. And like, and he got, I don't know. I, it's like, I feel like his crimes were always like pretty publicly talked about. So I don't know why it was like such a surprise when he was arrested. Mm hmm. And yeah, then, he yeah. certainly seems like the like again, like you said, like kind of like a washed up dude with a little bit of money. And then it's just like, well, we could put all this money into sex trafficking, and it's just like, okay, well, that seems reasonable. And then at the end of the day, it's just like the only thing that you do is pose smoking cigars shirtless, and you're like, all right, well, this is my job now. And I think that like, I mean, I don't know really any of the details of his sex trafficking. If it's just like making girls webcam or actually sex trafficking women. But either way, mm-hmm. he's a hundred percent guilty for sure. I don't care. Oh, what totally. he's yeah. Yeah. He's guilty of everything. Yeah. And there's, there's very bad stuff um, in that, in that aspect of his character, um, <clears throat> which could mean that he was like the CIA have him as an asset because they already caught him in a honeypot or whatever, which is like, it seems to be a common thing that happens, but yeah. that just gets into like conspiracy theory, spurging out type of stuff. Does um, the CRA want us all to be misogynist? CRA. <laughs> yeah. CRA. Did I say CRA? That's yeah, yeah, the Canadian, the Canadian Revenue, Revenue Agency does want us to be all misogynist. Andrew Tate's well, on the payroll with the CRA. He took too many CERB payments and now he's got a fucking pay yeah. God. What it feels yeah. like like and then he was in a fight with Greta Thunberg. It just feels like the two sides. It's just everyone wants a balance. Greta Thunberg scares me a little. I don't know what's up with her. You know who scares me, man? Killer Mike scares me. Killer Mike? What is up Hell with yeah. Killer Mike? Uh that's I, a good I, I Do you wanna do you wanna flesh that out, Matt? I'll be right back I, if I, you can I, flesh out Killer Mike. I, I I'm listening though. I, I feel like his politics are a little like indecipherable. Like 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Killer Mike. He scares me I, a little. I, don't I thought he was like extreme liberal. Yeah, which is like, which is strange, I think. Like, he's he's liberal in a strange way. You know, like, he kind of falls under like the Tom Morello sort of shit, where it's just like rich, ri- like, just like super rich dude that wants to say the right thing 100% of the time. So it doesn't matter what the cause is. It's just like having like a strong opinion in like support of it. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. A lot of these dudes, like, I don't believe that they actually give a shit about the things that they talk about. Like, I don't think that Tom Morello gives a fuck about any of these things. Like, it's just like, like, there was some shit where he was just like, oh, yeah, Tom Morello, like, not pro, he refuses to say he's, like, pro-Palestine or something because, like, he plays shows in fucking Israel all the time. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, of course Tom Morello won't say, like, you know, death to israel like there's no chance like it said he would rather be like the american government is bad in his little cointel pro voice but as for killer mike i mean i fucking have no like to me it's just like he's like a brooklyn dad defiant to sort of like his politics where <laughs> yeah it's just like, like that's that whatever does seem the, more to be where he's at and it's like well i don't know it's strange for yeah like, for his sound and stuff he i've watched such, like, like liberal like There's two. You see t- Killer Mike in like two different environments. He's either next to Bernie, um, being like Bernie rules, or he goes on um, podcasts like the Joe Budden podcast, which I've listened to a lot of for reasons I don't even understand. But in those subjects, like what Killer Mike espouses a lot is that, and it's very like it's a very minuscule audience because he's what he says is he's like. Rappers need to come back to their communities and buy up the projects and essentially become slum landlord. Like he's what he's saying is that like you need to become a landlord who owns like 300 property or a thousand properties is he's always pushing like landlordism, which also uh, Chris, the, the, the author who wrote, I love Dick, Chris Krause. Chris is that Krause. Right? Yeah. 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 Like she is very proud of being a landlord. She's like, yeah, I have, passive income through like owning 60 properties or whatever which is like the democrat liberal message is like become rich and then like extort working class people by just like owning all the properties and being a landlord which it sucks renting and then then so you're just paying killer mike your rent or whatever or chris kraus if you're if you're in uh you're in Williamsburg, like I think Chris Kraus has a lot of buildings down there. Um, I think that's so funny. I think I think there's nothing funnier than like, I mean, like realistically, listen, I get it. Like if you hit like a point of like financial success, you're like, you know, accountant is going to tell you to like go buy property. I totally get it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't make it any less funny to have like a dude like Chris Kraus be your fucking landlord for your slummy mm-hmm. ass fucking apartment i think that's the funniest shit like i i somebody was telling me that like margaret atwood is like the fucking landlord for a bunch of places on spadina and i was like that is so incredibly <laughs> funny to me and i hope that it's true because it's all like shitty student housing just like oh, thinking damn. of like you know, again, like epoch liberal, like sort of mentality where it's just like, yeah, too bad. You don't have any heat in the winter. Go fuck yourself. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret Atwood 
Well, they'll put in they'll put a mic in front of her and she'll say all kinds of crazy shit that anyone like paying attention would be like offended by or whatever. <laughs> like she hates Anna Green Gables. Um in the sense like she just wants it to be caught. She's like she's furious that well, and the author's like obviously dead, but there's direct Margaret Atwood quotes that were like, if Anna Green Gables was real, she would have been a prostitute. And that's just what she <laughs> says and just leaves it at that as like, boom, done. And that's like, it's not very uh, sex worker positive or anything like that. But that's like, yeah, like Margaret Atwood's just kind of a, a prickly pear when it comes down to it at the end of the day. <laughs> but oh. on that, on that too, because like, I don't like, I feel like it's too simple to classify it as it, but I've like explained what academic fraud is to people or like things you've done uh, with the group that have like really worked was that it was like the lampooning of the sort of like grifter author, be it Nick Land or Mike Ma or a Bronze Age pervert or whomstever. Um, but is, is that the spark that inspired you to do it or it just kind of fell in that way you we know go back like, to the early days i mean no the books came because again i like i like reading and i like writing and it just like kind of was just like oh like we could probably t do some fun things that make sense right where it's just like mm -hmm. a lot of like the early books are definitely more like in the like again, like experimental accelerationist sort of thing where it's just like, you know, you can kind of parody it just by emulating it because it is kind of ridiculous and formless. And like, you're kind of banking on like, like most people like Fang Numina because they like Nick Land and that's it. Mm -hmm. And like most of, most and of the, the Chapman brothers art on the front cover like it, it goes back to striking yeah. covers like if you have a good oh, yeah. design i mean that, that's 100 percent true like i would say that that would be like an absolute dominant thing is if it looks good on a fucking t-shirt or your shelf or posing with mm -hmm. this with it in your fucking in a selfie Instagram yeah, story. yeah yeah reading it on the beach in a bikini as a uh, <laughs> certain ad campaigns utilize I should do that this summertime. Do a campaign to send <laughs> books to like beautiful women all across the world, and really lean into that for like the new era, the delicious, the delicious tacos fraud era. Actually, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll be my next book project. Stories yeah. about how bad I am at getting pussy. <laughs> Just the, yeah, yeah. Which he does. I need more he, of those, I think. Mm -hmm. Highlighting that that's okay to strike out. It's okay. <laughs> go home alone. It's okay. To, it's go okay to go home from the bar it's alone. Much better. Yeah, you probably should. It. Probably should. Yeah. Probably should. I think I think we actually just nailed it here. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's the, probably going to be the next one. Now that I think that that <laughs> really makes sense in terms of this narrative of going Trajectory. from yeah, Nick Land to Mike Ma to fucking Bap, but like Bap. you know, Bapster. You know, I think like a lot of my perspective on it is the fact that like i un like i i understand that i'm playing a character online i assume that people mm -hmm. understand just like man like i think things i think everything is funny it's like i think that like a lot of left and right wing politics are funny because when people care so much about something that does not have any like basis in their reality 
Like, yeah, I posted something today that was just like Norway is paying some researchers to decide if white paint is racist and like right. people would get wound up about it. And it's just like the idea is it's supposed to be funny to you because it, there's nothing that you can do in your fucking basement in Asheville, North Carolina to like real. Well, I mean, there's some things you should do, but you shouldn't do them. Don't do those things. <laughs> and like, you know, I think, I think it's more, the only way to use the internet probably in the future is going to be like completely as like a parody. Like there, you can't yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. be sincere in any which way because and, the second that you're sincere, things, you're going to be torn apart. The mm-hmm. things people get wound up about that people call politics have nothing to do with like actual politics, you know, like as far as I'm concerned the you know, the, the only real important things are, you know, revolve around labor and property. It has nothing to do with any of these, like, goofy-ass things that come out. So it's like, I don't know. I I love that people take it as seriously as they do because it's, like, funny to watch and it creates a whole culture of, like, entertainment. But it's, like, you know, it's it's not politics or anything like that. It's not political. It's it's just just discourse and yelling. Well, I find find sincerity... Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, you I, go I'll ahead. just be like, I, th- I think the only sincere message is to point out how silly it all is, because then it's not watching and getting mad. Like, it's not yeah. reactionary. It's being like, and hey, actually, you to get this is it, silly. And it's you can be more fun and have more fun being generative and making something like you can make something that makes fun of it and still be enjoyable. And that optimistic in the sense that it's like, oh, yeah. well, if Ron Fetterman doesn't matter and Santos doesn't matter and Bronze Age pervert doesn't matter, I can like go out, <laughs> I can go out and jack off before the volcano hits. Like I can okay. like, you do can, my you silly can, little project. You know, yeah, you can you can move past these sort of like these 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 sort of old structures and 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 go into your real life and be like, oh, like let's, you know, what's happening here? Like, yeah, I don't know. And, and yeah, find joy in life instead of just looking at Twitter and being mad. Because I used to follow like so many more like quote unquote political accounts on Twitter and Instagram. And it just like made me like upset all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just they're not yeah. interesting anymore either. Like it's just like everything is just a rehashed talking point. And it's like the same way that I feel about like most culture writers these days to where it's just like we've almost run out of things to say. We've run out of opinions and we really are too afraid to give genuine critique of any work. So instead we have to only critique what the person thinks. So we can't look at like a book and be like, well, the book is good because it's written extremely well, great technique. Instead, we want to analyze the person and be like, well, the person, you know, lives alone in Omaha, Nebraska, but like loves cats. And, you know, and it's just like, that doesn't equal a good book. That doesn't make make me feel closer to anybody. Like, I think like we're so obsessed with like identifying with like the the author of every work. Like whether it's a painting, whether it's a band. Like we need to see ourselves represented everywhere we look, which has created mm-hmm. the worst homogenization of culture I've ever seen. To where it's just like there is no like really good novels. Like if you want to like go for if you want to really go for a mind fuck go into like a normal chain bookstore and like look at what they're trying to sell and it's just like 
I don't even believe that people are buying this fucking Prince Harry book like on no. mouse. You know what I mean? No. Like, there's no way. If you, oh, yeah, I mean, if you, that's what you're told, right? Like, I think like we're kind of at the apex breaking point of like that sort of like dulling of every part of culture to where like the only way to like kind of break out of it is to just be like it's all a joke like you know you might as well just like lean into it completely because if you try to play the game eventually you're just going to be you know busted for something yourself like for going against having yeah. the wrong opinion in the culture war yeah. To where? Yeah. You know. Or like, like who it, the fuck is is buying Obama's fifth book? <laughs> no. Who gives a who shit? Who has read like, a single Obama book? It's nobody's yeah, it's buying just a tax that. Write-off. Every time I go to any bookstore, there's like four hundred of those around. Nobody's ever bought one. No. But and nobody yeah, like. One. But and then well, the stats are like people are reading more and more. But it is like it's reading social media, and I'm not even saying that's bad or dumb. And I don't even, I certainly don't subscribe to the, like, that reading makes you smarter or a good person because reading, reading's caused a lot of problems in my own life where Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, like, read for eight hours a day and just be shut out and people feel like, ah, oh, this guy's not paying attention to me or whatever. And that's like, so, and I have, like, very smart friends who never read or they can only do audiobooks. And mm -hmm. there would be a, Point where I'd be like, oh, that's not. But if I read my Derrida and I'm like, well, a text spoken or read is the same. But it's like, no, yeah, like reading can fuck up your life. And it's like, if someone, I don't think kids at home don't force yourself to read if you fucking hate it. Like, no. don't waste your time. <laughs> because the big problem with reading is you're never done reading. It's just like you. The mm -hmm. more that you read, the more that you have to read. It's like if you yeah. read and you're like, you need two books to contextualize the first, and then four books to contextualize those. So it really is like a lifelong agonizing process. Like, As I think Chairman Mao said, "To read too much is harmful." <laughs> when. Uh, Old Schopenhauer said that too, along with all his, his stuff about women. But with women, yeah, yeah exactly. I was gonna say to get too much pussy yeah. is harmful. Schopenhauer. Yeah, that that was a very strong Schopenhauerian thing. And then uh, also, he would keep a gold coin on his dinner table, and uh, to tip the wait, but he would never tip the waiter. Was the other thing. But if the waiter ever asked, he said. Uh, if the Englishman in the bar talk about something besides women or horses or dogs, then I'll give you this gold coin. And he never had to do it. But that's <laughs> all the all the greats have those little stories about them being dicks, like the mythology. So like the author needs that mythology before people even want to pick it up, which is probably the prowess of academic frauds mystery as well. Well, that you know, it's like it's nice to be a dick, but again, it's like again, I think. In oh, did we all dis? Oh no, okay. Uh, Don't worry. Yeah, uh, my other AirPod <laughs> died. I'll be right back. But it is recording. It is recording. Don't worry. Every time I hear myself be back, it throws me through a loop. Sorry, this is got an extra desk today, guys. Guess fuck. It's been our most chaotic. It's been our most chaotic episode because I didn't charge my AirPods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no one should ever feel embarrassed. But I'm sorry. I feel like you're. 
Oh. Pays pays to be dumb. But I'm sorry, Mr. Fraud, if you could recollect. Where, where were we? What were you talking about? I feel like about? you were going on good tangent. Um, okay. Yeah, so we were discussing the the myth of the author. Oh, yeah. Of like yeah. Schopenhauer's little gold coin or a Kafka killing himself before he was famous. You know, kind of I think like, I think that like, you know, realistically, yeah, like most when you get to a certain point in any sort of success, like your mythos does drive you. It's just like you can't re replace myth making with anything else. You know what I mean? Whether it's like, you know, you have a Kerouacian thing to where it's just like, oh, like I wrote this book mm -hmm. in three days because I was high on speed or whatever. Like there's always going to be some yeah, mythos, yeah. but like I do think it's funny to kind of think of like the mythos of like what like like. If I were to think about mine, it's just like, what would it be like being like extremely hateful on the internet? But it's just like, no, it's a bit, it's a joke. I promise you. <laughs> like, you know, I think some, sometimes I do worry of like the perception versus like the reality where I realize that like a good 10% of people who follow me think that I'm like an absolute right wing fucking MAGA hateful dude which is only like half true. Like I think that that's good to be. I think it's cool, <laughs> but I also think that it's kind of cringe and gay cuz I think that having strong opinions about things like that are just like so useless. Like I don't know. Maybe this is just a big conceptual art project and nobody knows about it until now. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> but yeah, I I guess I have a bad habit of giving everyone the benefit of the doubt because I never saw you as like a malicious or like malignant character but when i first got on twitter i was just like my brother was way into twitter for 10 years and i never was and so i was like oh, i'll just follow people i think are funny and uh what well, was same with million dollar extreme too i was like oh this is such a good satire and then it's like oh no all these people like think what they're saying but it's like, oh, but it's still funny if I pretend it's a you satire know, or what. I think, I think, I think but, it's, I think it's yeah. weird where it's just like, I think sometimes people can't shake the brand that they build online to where it's just like, I mean, even seeing people who were like inner, like Instagram big hitters during like the first wave of COVID, and now it's just like they're either a like completely mm -hmm. out of the game or like just completely cringe, like you know, get. 5,000 followers and now all you post is photos of your cat and shit like that but like I think I think it's you know it is a really fucking toilsome task because the rewards are pretty much zero when like the risk is endless mm -hmm. like for most people yeah when Americans like get fired for very you know I mean, Americans get fired for <laughs> what one could maybe say are legitimate reasons, too. But even like someone like, like, let's say Nick, uh, Nick Mullen or whatever. And I really like to be honest, don't listen to Come Town that much just because someone explained it to me early. They're like, yeah, all their jokes are about being gay with your dad. And I was like, oh, shit, that was at the time that was my <laughs> material. So I was like, well, I don't want this to like, I don't want to just start repeating what they say. And it's like susceptibility. Yeah. But it's like if Nick Mullen was just like working at a 
coffee shop or something, yeah, his shit would get fucked up. He has to be a successful Patreon star. Um, Because it does seem like if you're on Twitter, like people can just message your human resources and you get fired over it. And like Canada, especially in Quebec, like there's less literacy as far as that goes, or they just don't care because it's not in French. Or it's like, I haven't felt that. Maybe that's my, that'll be my great downfall is I'm just out here in a, a minefield being like, Haha, it doesn't matter. But um, it does seem, yeah. But that goes, that's Lindy too, in the sense like when like Spinoza didn't publish his book till after he died because he was so scared. And people try to like stab him and shit. And then like now you read the ethics, you don't even know what the hell he's saying. It's like gibberish, but it's still cool. Um, but it it does feel like yeah, you want that. You set yourself like some people should be pissed off, some people should like it, and that's how you you know you're doing something yeah good. Um, and we could get into the juicy details because you did have some uh, legal at, within safe parameters if you want to talk about it you could would you say this is your most challenged book or can you go into your you said you've like faced uh lawsuits the last like decade well or so, in so. between if you wanted to within safety yeah. i think i think like being antagonistic is part of what i think is good in art no matter who you are like i think it's kind of unavoidable if you're interested in making interesting art but for 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 the lifestyle zoo we we kind of had a funny thing so the book technically came out just under a year ago and existed as a pdf just for a handful of people and somehow and there was an essay in it there was an essay in it about nfts and cryptocurrency and that sort of shilling exclusively within the art world anyways mm. um I would say it was remotely inoffensive, pretty much just like the same sort of shit that I espouse, you know, normally where it's just like NFTs are cringe and all of that shit is just like an endless grift. I made a mistake of naming a person, explicitly naming a person, and mm. uh, uh, I assume that somebody handed it to him and within, I don't know, 24 hours or so of having the PDF out, I got a nice, uh, nice letter, you know, asking to retract it or there will be ongoing legal action and mm-hmm. and long story short uh we decided to pull the essay but then we didn't put the book out we didn't know what to do because the essay is really crucial to the, that idea because i mean i thought personally i was going to get rich on dog coin i personally thought that i was going to get rich <laughs> playing like the meme stocks but like i think that that was like such a intrinsic mm-hmm. part of being online during you know that wave of the pandemic where it's just like it was unavoidable if you were extremely online. Like you definitely were invested in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can name yeah. the individual, but I. So would you we because I had a guess that I asked. I had a guess that I asked if it was this person because I was like, oh, this sounds like this person, you know, very vain, kind of into working out. So I was like, I yeah. bet it's So it's, it's not the, it's not, it's said, not the no, obvious it answer. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting. It's, it's not Josh. It's, it's not, it's not the obvious answer. <laughs> like, it was actually a different dude who got mad. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and 
Did start. I can't say anything about it. I'll post about it in a couple weeks once this whole thing is blown over. But like, it's just really funny because like in the piece in the piece of paper that I got, it's uh, it cites this uh, excerpt from the book that calls it's like X is uh, gay and retarded. That's it. It's it's kind of like reminds me of like using Mm. like why you would use like the Michael Crichton defense where you would like say that somebody has like a small dick is like a rapist or a murderer or something so that they wouldn't sue you because they wouldn't want to admit mm. that they that's them like identified in a thing like i think it was michael Crichton. like i think oh. if you google like the small dick rule or something, yeah like i that? think it's called the small dick rule oh, like okay. exactly but anyways like having a legal document sent to you that they would be too embarrassed to yeah so it to. is a, it's called the small penis rule right. to evade libel lawsuits Mm. Anyways, it is very funny to right. get in trouble for uh like calling somebody game retarded and then just being like, well you can't uh you can't say that. And it's just like, well you just pretty much proved my point that you're game retarded. Like if you needed to get like big mama lawyers after me, but right. you know, and libel, yeah, libel and slander which for the UK, I think the UK has the strongest lib- libel laws. But I'm yeah very un unversed on all that. Yeah, I mean. But so it was this the singular letter from the the law offices. Of yeah, like to be to be honest, it's like like I've kind of alluded to. It's not it's not like that. I'm concerned like of that. It's more of concern of being like having every mm-hmm. single person who's like a fraud admin outed at once, Think or it's like them. you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, I don't yeah, want. Yeah. To put anybody right because it's not i don't want to put anybody in any sort of bad situation because i thought that it's a good joke which it is a good joke but Mm -hmm. you know i think like a lot of people who i can't stand made like a lot of money for a very short period of time by grifting nfts like pretty much being like this is the future this is like too many people i know got involved in like like nft universities and like web 3.0 shit and then like spent a lot of money and then left with fucking nothing so it's kind of it's a kind of a Mm -hmm. grift that hits home when i know too many people who really did believe in what they were kind of hearing so Mm -hmm. and a very like it immediately smelled of like a very small insider uh situation especially when you saw the nfts that were successful like as soon as the funny monkeys showed up i was like okay yeah no one had an opportunity to just like like people crap was already deep in uh crypto as are a lot of left-wing and right-wing artists like i hear a lot of rumors about some of the people where it's like how does this guy have all this money and it's either peter thiel or you bought Bitcoin when you were supposed to mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like those people are real in a certain, very few of them. But it's like the same as you can portray yourself as, oh, maybe it was real, maybe it wasn't. But uh, it's definitely much more evident with some some specific artists, like just have an endless war chest. Probably someone that can send a lawyer fee. Like I haven't seen conceptual art making that much money. No, no, so. no, no, no. If you weren't like, yeah, already selling blue chip art, then it was probably a crypto scam. Or oh, like, yeah. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And like, you know, I've talked about this before, too, where it's just like a lot of these projects were not like they already had real world money 
backing them before they even got off the ground. It's not like they were just like a bunch of teenagers, you know, doing pixel drawings. It's just like, no, we're talking about like, you know, thousands of dollars of staffing, you know. So, you mm-hmm. know, the jury's still out as to whether or not there wasn't a massive inside job on that as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, I think that like, for the most part, I think that like, we are obviously past the NFT boom and everything like that, and obviously nothing happened. It didn't really change anything in art except for making it somehow worse. But mm-hmm. that's that's kind of... And a lot of people who were selling art, all of a sudden yeah. no one was buying it because they were just buying NFTs exactly. instead. It's, but... We are really at a weird cultural impasse to where it's just like we don't really know what's good or cool so it's just like we're kind of on the only we only have like that impulse of being like oh this is new this is interesting this is cool this is interesting but again it's like our collective like Mm -hmm. sort of confidence in these projects only lasts a couple weeks a couple months at most like a dude like damien hurst would not be able to like get off the ground in 2022 like yeah or Jeff Koons or Bjarke Engels no. or any of these classic, like the last generation of exactly, exactly. Like you would, people. you would really only mm-hmm. have maybe like one show, two shows, like, and that's kind of it. Like, I think like there's very, very little happening in the world of like art that's like really engaging and interesting that isn't already like a parody of art. Yeah, and it is um as as corny as it can come across or whatever um and if you hear echoes don't worry because sometimes it echoes and then it but it gets covered uh, in the breakdown but i do think and this is why academic fraud is successful and i think will be meaningful even if there's no real if there's no real assets being reaped in the short term like what what continues to matter is hard physical stuff that's in the world because databases shut down all that shit um but anything that is like tangible like these books skyrocket in value people want the forbidden lindy man book because of scarcity it's the same as like nike and other people that got supreme we're trying to expand the audience so i'm going to get into the streetwear Mm -hmm. dork shit like when supreme started they would just steal shit and print 200 shirts with like garfield or something and then they would get a cease and desist which just meant you had to stop, which meant those shits were really rare because you legally couldn't make them anymore. Um, and that was how like skater culture, streetwear, like blew up to this big thing where now businesses pay like a billion dollars to get those partnerships. Um, but it's the same with like, yeah, if you're getting threatened with legal action from your book, it's like a well, good sign. That's you- like... Because it's people want that story of like a renegade or a radical. I think like even if you think about like yeah, talking about like streetwear, like Supreme fucked. They both did the same thing to where most of their iconic designs were rip off of other people's designs. Like I remember the fucked mm-hmm. logo that was like the Ford logo being ex- right, yeah, F-U-C-T. being so yeah. dominant amongst like people who I knew. But like, I mean, I would kill for one of those right now. Like. Right now we're at like mm-hmm. a weird point to where it's like we can't make anything without referencing something else that already exists within like a massive consumer canon. So like that was like really interesting and cool then. Like that was like the pop art reactionary into like the skate world or whatever. But now it's just like all of that is so hyper common. So it's just like, what do we do? It's just like we need to put out a shirt. Like let's make a penguin books cover joke. Like even like 
like yeah. we're really at like our very like bare minimum of what we can do that people will immediately like see and be like oh, okay that's something that i know so therefore it's worth something you know that's why oh, it's totally. really interesting to think of like what could possibly be the next thing because i feel like we've been stuck in this like really referential period for just too long like pretty much like tumblr era onwards to where everything has to be in reference to something that's going to be like a niche joke that will be understood by more people because it's referencing yeah garfield fucking bart simpson anything like that (laughs) yeah which i'm continuing to see like uh painting galas or what or like what do you call vernissages that it is like a bunch of drawings of bart simpson or whatever and I am like, oh, that's cool. It's like a bad Bart Simpson drawing or whatnot. But it is like, <laughs> we we can't say it's like the freshest thing in the world. But that's like this generation, um, because a great example of it's with bands. Like I I always say everyone knows every band to this point that surprised me. Like when I just started making Steve Albini jokes and they would be like, get more likes than other things i'm like oh i thought it's like this obscure nerd loser that nobody liked at the time and continue to not like but every when you talk to anyone like especially like a younger person like they know every band they know like they know uh like yeah big black or um the galaxy 500 or sun city girls or all these things which like even when i found them on the internet like was like 20 years past Mm -hmm. my time um but People are just obsessed with that authentic time. And then being artists in their own right, they want they want to like jump a step where they're like they have uh, their viral or whatever, and they're immediately rich and making money. But it's like people like the story and they like it in past tense. So it's like I feel like it's a good sign that when you're in the avant garde of like doing something new, there's nothing really around you. Like Mm -hmm. there's no money until after the fact or whatnot. And then it's two different things. It's like, do you want to make something good and new or do you want to be rich? Because they were they were always independent oh, yeah. in the past. Like even if you get big like Basquiat or what or Kafka or anyone, like it's j- this dead guy theme or girl, Sylvia Plath, etc. Um, it's like the money usually shows up after they didn't even know. Like they died miserable and a yeah. loser. If you're the first one, you're not making any money from it. Mm-hmm. And then oh, it's a good thing to tell yourself. It's what I always tell myself when like nothing's <laughs> going on. It's like, oh, I'm just early, you know. But that can be arrogant to think about it. But it's important for people to remember, like, what is going to give you pleasure, or like, what do you want to achieve? Like, if you just want to get rich, then it's like maybe, maybe it is like being a Jeff Koons is what you should try and do. But it's it's just more not to get stressed out when it's not working or whatever. One of my yeah. one of my favorite writers, Kenneth Goldsmith, he he said this line. He says like the best like to paraphrase. It's more or less like assume no audience. And I'm like, I think of that a lot. Where it's just like if you think about the fact that you're like not playing to a particular crowd, then you're free to do fucking whatever. Because the second that you try to make something that's going to be liked or loved or anything, it's it's already ruined. You can guarantee that everybody's going to fucking hate it. I think, like, by the time it mm-hmm. actually comes to completion, it's already at a date, at a time, because, you know, what we think we like is very, again, it's like in a very, very narrow time frame. 
It's like why there's a t-shirt made of any fucking major situation within 12 hours. Like, I do, I do worry sometimes. Yeah. I guess in real life, outside of character, about these issues, about being like, oh, I'm early. <laughs> like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> These are real life problems, which I guess probably most of your listeners will probably actually identify with, because I think it's hard not to be like actively interested in making music or, you know, doing whatever and having people actually get it without explanation. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 don't we don't have much data on who's who's. Well, I mean, yeah, I got a general idea of who's listening or whatnot. You sort of see it trickle in. But yeah, I, th- I think it's mostly a creative sector or what like everyone has. We all have our little passion projects or whatever, and some people are established and some people aren't. But it's certainly like it's the only thing I see having meaning. Like I I'm generally don't have that many existential crises in the sense of like I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I've always thought like if I couldn't express myself, I'd be super sad and bummed out. And it, it doesn't matter that I don't have like, that it's like, it's not popping off or whatever, because I had, I know no difference. And then I think that's where like people fry their brains is like when you yeah, achieve that's, success, that's when you're free mm-hmm. is, is before you, you know, get anything because you're not scared yeah, of losing You're not anything, beholden you know? to your yeah. audience. Like I'm, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I'm just doing it. Cause it's, you know, it's a fun, silly way to spend, uh, night once a week or whatever you know and and it, it's you know I'm, I, i've always been like my whole life i've had like so many different like little artistic like internet uh, projects going on so i i always kind of need to have something mm-hmm. and there's like weird old guys that like taxidermy raccoons and like put them in little coats or whatnot and that guy <laughs> generally just like dies and then there's a tiktok account that goes to his estate sale messy house and is like wow this guy this guy lived like an animal look at these freaky (laughs) raccoons and that like 99% of the time that's all it is like wow what a freak but it's like uh, you know delusions are powerful and as long as you're enjoying it you're having some fun or or you're like completely schizophrenic and every second's agony but people like that too and so it's just keep at whatever you're doing. Switch it up. And then yeah, I think know. Instagram definitely amplifies your delusions of being like, oh, well, maybe if I do the TikTok dance correctly, I'll be like the star for the week. <laughs> and I think that like it's it's strange seeing it in like the generation of artists like beneath us to where it's just like they do post a lot of like, you know, here's me dancing. Here's me and my girlfriend, you know, doing the whatever uh like whatever the tiktok trend is and it's it is really strange because it'll be like mm-hmm. that and then the next thing will be like an airbrush painting of snoopy like being fucked by you know garfield or something and it's just like yeah okay yeah. like i get it like it's you know we are really f- forced to be delusional online in hopes of being noticed for the things that we do like yeah when and tiktok felt like the most um egalitarate like the most like Andy Warhols will all be famous for 15 minutes because it's like if you talk to people who like TikTok there it's strangely common that someone's like yeah I, I filmed this soup that I made and it 
I put curry in it, but it looked like chocolate and I got 10 million views off it, but nothing, nothing happened after that. Like, yeah, definitely. Like so many people have had like just one or two things explode on TikTok. Things get shown to so many more people on TikTok. I made a TikTok and I've literally just posted like just stupid, dumb bullshit. I have like three followers. But some things just get like thousands of views out of nowhere because it'll just get like it gets hashtag forced or... in front of some poor people. Yeah, and if it if the alg if the algorithm scoops it up, then it goes wheel. And like sometimes yeah. it's consistent, sometimes it's not. And that's like like we talked to Will Sennett. That's the future, though. You know, I I think things like things like that because yeah, everybody wants to be a little celebrity, but like. Unless you're unless you're actually, you know, getting that like, oh, wow, I got 20 million likes or whatever. You're not mm-hmm. getting it. And I think TikTok really does give people that at like a higher rate. No, than I anything definitely else. Think. Yeah, because like like people like Will is like famous, famous off of TikTok. But he's like, yeah, I make no money off it, but I'm a stand up comedian. So I go and tell my jokes and then like the people book him because they're like, oh, you're that TikTok guy. And it's like. Well, it was the same. I feel like that's a big podcast thing with like, like come town. We're all failed comedians and not, not that great at it, but they're good at and riffing. Now they're yeah. hugely successful mm-hmm. comedians. And so it's like familiar. It's just because it's everyone. It, everything's so common now. It's like to get familiarity. It used to be you go on like the David Letterman show or whatever, which was hard. But once you were there, you were there. So now it's like, you do your whatever scam like gets you in front of people and then you have your thing that you're passionate about hopefully yeah i certainly don't have like a secret skill i'm hiding away but it's like that seems to be the new set system is like yeah i make tattoos or i paint these things or i i'm a video i saw my uncle watching stavros clips which is kind (laughs) of fucking scary yeah (laughs) like he's like you know proper like big mainstream down it's like i don't know that's crazy yeah that people get such like huge media empires from like this weird little place even like red like no one's like i'm not gonna yeah, be like oh Louis i love CK. anna and dasha but and, like the whole i'm happy when i see Hollywood. them succeed or whatever like oh dasha's in that show that's kind of cool i know this person not at all but you get that parasocial element to it i don't know yeah maybe that's gay and retarded <laughs> but it's the world we live in I never got into Red Scare. I had a I phase. To like half an episode, and I think I found them like a little annoying. Yeah, I never really got into Come Town too much either. Really, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Honestly, I don't support <laughs> our competitors. No, no. As you, sh- as it, well, it's like some people. I, it's all or nothing. Like some people listen to podcasts all day, um, or they listen to their one like religiously. But yeah, it's hard, especially like you can only listen to so many, and it's like. I don't mind if people do or don't. It's just like one of those exercises in like doing it. Like I've had fun doing it and I've had like, like if there's, I don't know if a mob comes to my house or like something bad happens, then I'd be like, well, I don't want to do it anymore, but it hasn't happened yet. So it's for me, listening to a podcast is almost like a ritualistic thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a background noise while I'm like driving to work or back or something. So I don't know. It's interesting to think maybe what people are are doing while listening to this. Mm-hmm. What sorts of activities <laughs> are being dishes, played over? Writing code. Yeah. Trying to sleep. What do you? Are you a big pod listener? 
fraud I mean, or not? I go in cycles. I definitely listen to podcasts a lot while I'm doing manual work, but I never have been able to make mm-hmm. the transition to audiobooks, for example, so it's like kind of my entertainment okay. like that. Because like, I do find that most new podcasts like most like i wouldn't just randomly click a podcast like i wouldn't type something in and be like all right yeah that's a lot mm. of faith to put no, in like, someone I think. I think that like yeah it's not that i have niche interest by any means but i'm definitely know what i'm looking for and luckily i tend to find it pretty easily but like it's the same thing with what i was saying about how like since covid etc like a lot of the podcasts I did listen to pre-COVID, I cannot stand. Like, like Red Scare, Red Scare, etc. Mm. Like I could not fucking. You can put. I would rather just fucking kill myself than listen to Red Scare. But it's yeah. not. It's not. And yeah. it's not like I've grown. It's just that the material has stayed the same for so fucking long to where it's just mm-hmm. totally unlistenable. And like I love fucking Cumtown. Yeah. Like my favorite thing about Cumtown was I was not allowed to listen to it in my house because drove my girlfriend nuts. So I'd like <laughs> listen to it and like go to the mall and walk around and be like, huh, huh, huh. like, but guy yeah, time. exactly, guy time. But you know, I think I think like talking about uh, like what what like I like conspiracy podcasts, but I find that most of them are just so repetitive mm-hmm. as well, like. You you brought up um, Kent Bot or what Camp whatever his name is. It's just like his yeah, his yeah, yeah. parapolitical podcast with Ed Berg is fucking great, like unbearably good. Yeah. Each episode is like yeah, the soup he's like cast. what like eight hours long or whatever. Yeah, or the sixteen hour one on Newfoundland, which is uh, art. It's art in the highest form. Is there a sixteen hour podcast on? Newfoundland? Yeah, you should really listen to it. I really should. And he can't pronounce the name. He calls it the wrong. Oh, no. I'm not going to be able to fucking listen to it then. What is it? Newfoundland? He switches. It's amazing. He's so. Uh, uh, He's all over the place. But yeah. No. Okay. Never mind. I'm going to need to do a a voiceover (laughs) cover of it. And yeah, that is like so many people. I'm like, you should check out Compot. And I'm like, I can't stand his voice at all. Like, it is like. What I like about him is just his unbridled enthusiasm to just like spurg out on the craziest subject. And I think that's, that's really the important value is like, it comes down to just what people can talk about with no cue or preparation or that they're just going to do no matter what, especially if they make no money, they're going to like spend an excess in doing it. Because I think, I think the popularization of podcasts is this, and it's corny to say, but like community disappearing or whatever, where it's like people just want, to talk with other people about the nerdy shit they're obsessed with or whatnot. And then it's like, it can lead you to these communities that are not just your local thing that it's like, especially if you're living in an isolated area or a small town, then it's like, granted you're on a Reddit board or like a discord or an Instagram group chat, but it can like make you feel less isolated or alone or whatnot. And I think that's like the real value where it's like, Social media can destroy your brain, but if you focus on like the human aspect that you're like meeting people and not just trying to exploit them or like get laid or something like that, if if it's more sincere than that, that it's like I'm here in the world, I think the world's kind of cool, and I want to find other people who feel that way. That would be my. This is our most like 
philosophical <laughs> podcast so far, I think. Absolutely. The most considerate. <laughs> this is the way they should go. But it yeah, it takes takes all kind. But even that, like just to obviously it sounds like you've you've faced the good and the bad and that there's legal action and uh very angry rivals and whatnot, which had a little taste of, but even then it's like it reminds you that like, oh well, if people are upset maybe they're jealous or maybe they're just mad, but it's like reminds you that there's a world with consequences and things happen. You know, even more than that, I think it just reminds you of how serious most people take, take it where it makes me realize how not serious I take it where it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. be on the fact that it's like anecdotally funny. Like, I think it's just kind of like just a weird response anyways. Like if somebody called me, people have said bad things about me. I couldn't imagine filing a million legal complaints. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's just yeah, uh yeah. you know, I I try to remember that people everybody has their weird little brand identity that's extremely volatile, especially if you're on the very very hyper liberal side of things. You know, you have to play a very certain game very strictly. And then people like me make it difficult mm-hmm. for those people to maintain their games, you know. So, you know, I right. think the internet should be fun, and I think that that's what I try to do, whether it's, you know, writing or whatever, because it's, like, you know, I I think it's very important that, like, talking about books and shit, like, all of the books are free, like, you don't have to fucking buy them, like, all the PDFs are up, because it doesn't matter to me, I don't want your four four dollars or whatever, it doesn't matter, but, like, <laughs> it's more interesting to just, like, make work for the internet, you know what I mean, like same reason why anybody would make a podcast it's just like you're doing it not for the monetary gain but for the fact that like you want to do it yeah and it's it's too and specifically on self-publishing because i want to double i do think one of the most important things going on right now is self-publishing authorship and it's at a point where it's still fresh because like those names we said like bat tacos ma who are like a lot of them can be considered deplorable people in that general sense but like versus the gatekeeping of like verso or something it's like the quote-unquote left should embrace these same things and put these books out because people read them and like well, i guess you can attest yourself like people read the material or buy it and take yeah no i mean it. It's, it is really strange that that's not like a more sense. dominant thing but i think like it's again it's just like the fear of being known and like I think a lot of people mm. who are like left leaning are very, very like interested with being known as a person. Whereas more people who are mm-hmm. right ish, right adjacent don't care. It's just like their opinion is what makes them. It's a act. I hadn't really considered yeah. that until right now, but it is kind of true. Like, I think like there is a weird dynamic. There's something really perverse about having somebody read something that you've done because it's just like, there's no going back. If it's the worst book that they've ever read, they're going to think of that forever. So, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of shame involved in producing anything and having it be out there. But when you run, when you work, yeah, you got to trust that it's not the worst thing I think Mm -hmm. that's a good thing about me is I'm not concerned. I don't have any worries about that. I don't, I'm very confident in the ability to make at least something that's entertaining. But it is a really, I think that more people should just make the book that they have in mind, just get it over with. Like, 
I mean, traditional publishing has gone wayward anyways. You might as well just do it, especially while things like KDP and like Lulu and all the other like kind of print on demand companies mm-hmm. are so like willing to work with you. You might as well just fucking do it. Oh, for sure. And for those who like kind of cringe at Amazon, because I'm definitely in communities that view like they're ashamed to even admit they buy stuff off Amazon Prime. And like rightfully so, it's like this giant evil company. But the important thing to that a lot of people aren't really aware of all of Amazon's, especially their published, their ready to publish stuff, they don't make money off it. Like the entire Amazon store is a tax write-off for AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. And working as a programmer, like this is also why they're so unethical, is they make all their money selling uh, their technical tools to the CIA and also anyone hosting a website. Like most websites, 60% of websites or some shit are hosted on AWS. So it's like everyone's website. If you have a, a web admin who does it for you, they're probably paying Amazon peanuts to host it. But Amazon, that's what Amazon makes like trillions of dollars off of. And all their, all these other things like selling books, that's a tax write-off to them. That's how they pay zero taxes is they deliver stuff to your door at a loss. Like everything that they ship to you within one day costs like $80. And it's just to claim a loss on their huge profits. They don't pay taxes. So every academic fraud book you buy is actually costing Jeff Bezos money. And so the reason I encourage people to do it is it's not going to stay like this. Like once they do have a monopoly, they're going to shut down all the fun little toys and side projects or whatever oh no i totally agree with you like i don't think this will last yeah that's what happens with every big like like look at netflix yeah they they fucking got in they got everyone on netflix every human on earth has like two netflix accounts Mm -hmm. and now it's just like you know fucking empty yeah and i mean it's probably only a matter of time until spotify goes the same way and things like and that. uber and uber eats and all these yeah. and then the world will be really scary and bad and then we might want that's when you... then you might have to get a real <laughs> cab <laughs> and a pickup truck and a gun and all the the other fun stuff so it is like yeah but fortunately you can buy your like trad prep survival guide now for eight dollars or eighteen dollars um for kindle yeah so it is like wandering around the neoliberal hellscape and just finding like what is cool and being a part of it because lord knows it's it's gonna get worse if we believe what what's said yeah but yeah in this house we believe in science (laughs) that's what's gonna save us the hadron collider gate to hell (laughs) that definitely happens Mm -hmm. When like Tartarianism and all the that's I'm reading a lot of those like alternate history stuff now. Have you delved into any? I guess that's like that was kind of already done in the Twitter sphere with Hyperborea and Flatter. Oh yeah, I spent way too much time reading like all of that shit, all the Lemuria shit. Like I got way too deep into that. Like I do believe that there's something sus happening in Antarctica, and uh, I will not go further. Mm. But I, I, I mean, oh, yeah. I hope that Hyperborea is real. Like, I think that would be cool. Like, mm-hmm. a place for the fellas. Yeah, if there was, if there was no endless universe and it was just an endless expanse of ice, opening up to tropical 
Vista's like one piece or whatever. Yeah, I think that would be a happy <laughs> exactly. Ending, so just praying yeah. for that one. But hell yeah. This has been a good sesh, I think. I think we could uh Yeah, I gotta go walk my dog. If we want. Or Absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh any closing Tell him I said hi. Yeah, what's up to the pooch? Anyone else there with you? Howdy. And uh thanks for taking the time and coming no. on the betaverse. No. I really appreciate it. Is there anything you have to? Is there anything you're trying no, to sell? To I, got, I got nothing to get show. it out now. I got nothing oh, to show because you know what? I I do this for the love of the game, and that's it. And like, I think that that's also why we can have these like actually fun conversations because it's not like too focused on maintaining like you know the hyper militant vision because there is none. The vision changes too yeah. often, <laughs> but. Yeah, you sent me no bullet points. We need to cover this. We could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? I was like, okay, now, like, if you want to reference a... <laughs> all business. Actually, <laughs> you know what? I will say one thing. I will say one thing before we leave. If if you don't mm. read the book, I don't give a shit. But there is one essay in it that's funny. You should read the essay about no fap and not jacking off because I read it before doing this. Go read that. It's funny. It's probably on Substack or some shit. You can find it online. But Will you. Yeah. Were you like training to not have to? Jack well, off I mean, I'm constantly fighting the urge, but lucky for you and list, dear listener, you can find out all about that struggle in the Lifestyle Zoo now available via Amazon Prime. <laughs> Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, makes about... me sick. I did read the book. I read the book and I enjoyed it. I really liked the uh, the soy diet is a great one. With the intent of juking uh, medical science, you were trying to pull a fast one, as they say. It's all—it's a very fun book. Yeah. Like, if you guys are curious, guys and gals, you want to try out academic fraud, this is great. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you once again, gentlemen. This has been an absolute pleasure for me, and uh, I look forward to talking to you guys and listening to you guys in the future. Hell yeah! Hell Thanks yeah! So much. You too. This is this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Sorry for all the uh, sorry for all the uh, audio issues. <laughs> me as well. Yeah. No, no I love it. I'm just glad that it that. wasn't yeah. me this time. Yeah, yeah. We had we took that <laughs> pressure off. Like, both me and Matt were just shitting our pants. But no, I thought this went well. So thanks so much for right. coming. And uh, thank you guys. Thank I will you. talk to you yeah. later. We can stop it there. Alrighty. Hell yeah. Later. Betaverse. 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 Papers,